Bases loaded and one out. Oh, oh my God. Deep to right field. Way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk-off home run. Grand slash. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. Tonight, I'm joined by George and Mike. You can follow them on Twitter. Mike is at SP Streamer. George is at is 90 I'm back. I felt really weird listening to that podcast without me on there, to be honest. But that's <laughs> what I have you guys there for. George, if Zach was here, I would thank him. But thank you for holding it down while I was just taking the night off, really. Yeah, absolutely, man. Hope you hope you uh, took advantage of your night off. You know, I didn't. I was texting you during it, <laughs> yeah. talking about I wanted to get on, but I was like, you know. So I, I knew how getting... excruciating it was for you. <laughs> God forbid I don't talk one night. You know what I mean? You were lazy. Oh yeah, <laughs> these guys have no idea what I put into this. Way more than anybody does for free. That's a whole other discussion, though, I guess, huh? Anyway, so this is episode fifty-five. And we are going to be talking first base rankings, tiers, preview in general. Before we get into it, though, first of all, Mike, do you have your glass of scotch this evening? <laughs> no, I do not. Wow. I was going to ask about that because... I was thinking about it. You mentioned you have one with every podcast usually. <laughs> yeah. Yes, mean, I do. Does that mean you're... Like, you've been, you've been drinking way more since you started then, I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> uh, it, it takes you... You have to be drunk to deal with me. I totally understand it. <laughs> uh, I actually... I was actually drinking some wine because I'm a classy, you know. Ah, uh, classy bitch. Uh, of course. You always got to say it. Classy B word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a fancy one. Fancy one, classy one, whatever. But yeah, so I was like, I, I was like, I drink my wine. I'm like, maybe I should have another glass during the podcast so we could both be drinking something. Yours is definitely more not. manly. <laughs> yeah. Man. I'm, Just I'm, a little I'm, glass of water tonight. <laughs> water. New Yorker. Anyway, enough of that. So we're going to get right into the uh, news and notes before we do, move it. Do I have an accent? A little bit. A little <laughs> bit. <laughs> For people that don't know, you, um, Mike here is from New York. So, All right, guys. Well, this was recorded prior to some of the news that happened today. So I'm going to touch on it real quick. Um, the two big pieces were Jesus Aguilar signed by, uh, was cleaned by the Marlins. You got to assume he gets everyday playing time. There's some late power in that bet. And, uh, as far as drafts go, you know, some late round power. Not sure exactly what to expect, but you got to think they'd give him a full-time job maybe in hopes to flip them and maybe sell high like the Brewers should have done a couple years ago. Nevertheless, that's one guy. He still doesn't crack the top 30 for me, but still worth mentioning. Definitely worth noting a late-round power source. But uh, another late-round power source that I like a lot more is C.J. Crone, who was actually let go from the Twins. I've been hoping he was going to be either traded or – Given the starting spot, he wasn't given the starting spot as a first baseman or DH over in Minnesota. He's going to go ahead and be released. I would like to think that he's going to land somewhere beneficial to his playing time. I really like his under his peripherals and his underlying metrics really support a lot of his production. The power is very much real. There's 30 home run pop in that bat. And you'll hear us talk about him a little bit towards the end of the show. But all in all, I really, I really like that he's been let go because I think he's going to end up with the playing time concerns that I stress later on. So all in all, I, I think he's going to end up being a solid 
late round guy. And I think, I mean, depending on where he lands, he's going to shoot up my ranks because I really like him. I was just want the playing time. So the playing time was what my main concern, why he's in the lower twenties, which we'll get to again, we'll get to later on. But until then, that is pretty much all the news. I mean, there's a lot more other signings and whatnot, but this, that was the first baseman news that was, was not discussed because it, we recorded prior to that news. So I wanted to get on here, discuss it a little bit. Now we're going to go ahead into the first base preview. Let's just go ahead and jump right into our first base preview. I have your ranks here. Nobody has any issues or anything about Bellinger one, Freeman two, right? No, no, not at all. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah, definitely. And not just that they make their own tier. Like they are the elite of the, like they are the elite at the position. Correct. No yeah. one's arguing. Okay, again, just make sure no one's arguing these things. And that goes right into number three. George, George, damn it, I keep calling him wrong name. Zach is not here to oh defend himself. <laughs> <laughs> Am I, are, are we going to get into this now or should we just like, have we, I feel like we've beaten this into a dead horse already. Yeah, we kind of have. We've beaten this into a dead horse. We've beaten this into the ground already. Um, <laughs> That was a weird saying. I just made up a saying. It's like beating a dead horse. That's what it is. Okay. So you have Olsen three. Yeah, actually, I guess we should have gotten to that part. I have Olsen at three overall. Okay. Oh, cool. I, I no one caught me that I messed up my rankings today. What do you mean? I I actually no. I I saw that, but I didn't want to say another thing in the text <laughs> that you put three as a tier number. I saw that. <laughs> So I messed that up too. So I actually put my top 29 even better. That post was brutal. (laughs) The amount of mistakes. (laughs) I was in such a rush to put it out because I was going out for the day. I actually didn't get home Uh, like an hour before we started this. So I was like, let me put this out there, get some people interesting buzzing. You know what? With that extra spot, I think Evan White would have actually made my top 30. (laughs) God bless it. I'm so upset right now. We're going to fix this. We're going to fix it. I'm not going to repost it tomorrow. I'm going to fix it in my own personal ranks. And Evan White makes my top 30 at 30. So we're rectifying that. Evan White, 30th overall. To be determined, though, he could easily drop down. But anyway, back to what we were discussing. I have Matt Olsen all the way at third. And this is weird for me. Because I I truly want him over Olsen. That is not an exaggeration. But you want him over Alonzo? You mean Alonzo. Goodness, I am all over the place tonight and on this (laughs) list. I want Olsen all like every time over Alonzo. I truly believe he's going to have a better season. With that said, when I come, like, I keep thinking about the overall rankings and I'm having a hard time moving Alonzo that far down or moving Olsen that far up to make that happen. Is that, you know what I mean? Because I have to do one or yeah. the other. I either have to move Olsen all the way down or Alonzo all the way up. And it's weird because in my overall rankings, Yes, I want I want them to show that I want Olsen first, but I know I don't have to rank it that way for that. To, you know, you don't have to rank it that yeah, way because yeah. people can get Olsen later. But technically, I have to have – I technically have to have Olsen ranked above him, obviously, in my overall ranks because I have it ranked down first base. I feel like you got to drop Alonso then. I do, or I have to – kind of in the middle. Like, I have to drop Alonso. It's basically just like you Olsen. don't believe in Alonso. I don't believe in Alonso where you're taking him. Well, okay, but in like, a bad, like so, so would you like, rather? So would you rather like Rizzo, Rizzo, or Brayu or any of them no. over Alonzo? Alonzo's no. four. Alonzo's four for me. It was literally Olsen. Like, I'm just that high on Olsen, and I think I'm just George, surprised because Olsen, he's really just a home run five, hitter. Six. 
Six. Not really. Like, wouldn't you per- wouldn't you prefer like someone like a Rizzo who gives you a little bit of every category? So when is that? Do you have Rizzo ahead of Olson yourself, Alonzo? I do. Oh no, not Alonzo. No, no, no. I, so, whoa, I'm whoa, just whoa. no, no, no. I'm not There's saying no me. Difference. There's no difference. I'm not in saying Olsen and Alonzo really. Um, okay. There's maybe not. to you, maybe yeah, but to you, that's the that's what that's how you think. That's what not what mean? I think though. Why? What's the difference? I think Alonzo saw... is much better than than Olson. Why? How is he much better? Because of one f- fluky season. That's not the word. That's what the call in my, in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> one fluky fifty home run season. He's not going to hit fifty home runs again. He's not going to hit forty five. I'll put money. He barely hits forty. You can't. Yeah, but you can't. You can't factually say that. <laughs> I can't. You, and and while you project Olsen's stats because he didn't play the whole year for him to hit like 40 home runs, you can't actually factually say that he would hit 40 home runs. You don't know that. He could have slumped for that month. You have no right. idea. So you kind of you – can't, you can't just assume Alonzo will never hit 50 home runs again. <laughs> when <laughs> Harper had his MVP season, you can't just assume that he could never reach that level again. Of course he can. He did it before. That's the reason why I have an issue mainly with putting Alonzo over Olsen. Alonzo has done it. And okay, I get that. Sure, maybe the underlying stats don't like fully support. And that's extremely hard to do anyone to do. But he's done it. He could do it again. I understand that. but His, we, barrel, his barrel per plate attempt, his barrel per batted ball is better than Olsen. His max exit velocity is better than Olsen. Like, right. I know Olsen has a better hard hit percentage, but it's – I don't know. The the biggest indicator of power is barrel, and Alonzo is better than Olsen in every battle, barrel category. Yeah, so for so, me personally – sorry. Uh, no, go. Yeah, no. Just for me personally, I have Alonzo at three, and if, if I had to put money down on one guy, I had to pick one guy to hit guarantee 40 home runs, that's Alonzo. I mean, if he – you, you know, if he got a hold of – when he gets a hold of a fly ball, like, that thing's leaving. Like, that – Yeah. you know. Did uh, neither of you listen to Alex Chamberlain? God. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm with you, Mike, on, on Olsen. I love Olsen. Um, but the thing is, like, I think Olsen's making strides in being a, a little bit of more of a complete hitter. And, you like, <laughs> and that's a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. It's <laughs> not. But he's not – that doesn't – like, the, he hasn't hit – like, what he hit 267 this last year, you know, you could see it starting to take fruition, but it's he not there like yet. And, you, and Alonzo just hit 53 homers. Yeah. I mean, okay. you know, <laughs> I don't, that's, that, that's not, that's so, not, I mean, like he just hit potentially his career high in the season. No, yeah. But you me. don't know that. <laughs> okay. Olsen would Har- be number two. Like, Olsen just I, hit the most home runs he's ever hit. So Olsen, you can't, okay. what makes you say that that wasn't his best season? Do, do, do you not remember? This is why I laugh because this is pretty much the argument people were making for Olsen coming out of his 2017 year when he came up and hit 22 bombs in like 60 games. Okay. People were like people were, people were hope people were thought this was going to be, he was going to do what Alonzo did. He basically, but Alonzo did it. <laughs> okay. And then last year, Olsen, for an entire year. Okay. And if Olsen didn't get hurt, if I mean, I don't typically extrapolate stats, but I'm going to extrapolate stats. But you can't do that. Cause you have no idea. He could have went to a slump. You can't just predict the future. No, or you, well, not future, but you can't you just predict what could have What he did happened. and extrapolated over the same amount of play appearances as Olsen. I, I'm using max freeze at free stats. He actually did the extrapolation, uh, 
Yes, I, I know. I saw it. Yeah. And it pretty much – and, yes, there was a few less home runs, but pretty much in line the rest of the way with a better batting average. Yeah. And, the re, and, the, and the also – and obviously, I mean, I, I guess I'm going to have to do this, aren't I? I'm going to have to go through every single thing that, like – No, because – I think that my point is, honestly, they're close. I think they are very similar. I agree with that. They I are close, and they're they are, closer yeah. than and I'm sure most people think. But and I'm gonna take the chance on Olsen because no, 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 I'm not saying I'm not. So first of all, when I say I have a problem with your ranking, it's it's just you saying him. He's better than Alonzo overall. I will never. Yeah. I will not be taking Alonzo where he is ADP was, but gonna, I have gonna, him ranked whereas if he was being drafted where they these guys should be drafted, I'd be taking Alonzo over Olsen. I'm just but I would be drafting Alonzo. I mean Olsen. I will be drafting him a lot more than Alonzo. And you mentioned the barrel percentages and all that. And yes, I won't argue that obviously that's I know barrel rates indic- the indicator for uh power and all that, but there are other things to look at. Like you look at you're talking about his max exit velocity. Max is one thing. Like cool he got one he got like you know who else hits the ball really hard? But they were all ground balls is Vlad, I don't like just max exit velocity. All those, I bet you most of those those balls he hit, Vlad Jr. Those like hundred. Yeah, but it helps support. It helps supports his barrels. I like to look at average exit velocity because that's what he's doing on his average hit or average, you know, time. The but but, so yeah, but that's a but it's okay. So I I looked into this a, a little bit, and where the average exit velocity comes in, I mean. Uh, Alonzo on ground balls had an average exit velocity of 84 miles an hour, whereas Olsen had an average exit velocity on ground balls of 87. And then uh, Olsen also hit line drives harder than Alonzo. But so, I mean, that's where you get that difference in that average 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 exit velocity because, uh, and I've seen it, like I've seen Alonzo sometimes like he just swings for it and then like, it's like a chopper to second base, you know, and then like he grounds into a double play. But on fly balls, like you can't argue that he's hitting those like harder and further. Uh, oh, so I mean, that's where I'm saying where like you know you I look at Olson's like line drive rate. He has a better line drive rate, better uh, exit velocity on line drives, better exit velocity on ground balls. So he, you know he could have a higher BABIP. He could have a higher average. Um, so I'm kind of you know I'm kind of in the middle uh, uh, right here. You know I'm like I see Olson making strides as a better overall hitter, but if I had to put my money on you know one guy just leading the pack in, in you know, power, it's the, that's going to be Alonzo. So this was, Mike, real quick. This was I, – I didn't want to, like, nitpick this much, but my main point it. is this was – no, no, no. My, my main point coming into this podcast was, in my head, this is how I would think of it. When you're saying you'll take Olsen over Alonzo. Every time. So, right. So <laughs> you're, set, you're betting on someone – you're betting on Matt Olsen to hit 40 home runs who's never done it. So you're betting that Olsen will have another amazing year, a career year next year. Whereas Alonzo, even if he has worse of a year, he's still going to probably hit around 40 home runs, which will be Olsen's best year. So I just feel like I would rather take a guy who sure can regress, but has a lot more higher of a ceiling than a guy who – you're hoping will hit his ceiling and match, you know, Alonzo's 
almost not floor. I mean, we don't know his floor yet. But I don't see the. You know what I'm saying? I don't see his skill set kind of coming through the second year, and I, I don't just not see a slump happening. I don't see. I don't. I mean, I get it. This day and age, pitchers should have adapted by the second half, and maybe that's what caused that. I think it was one month where Alonzo had a really bad month. But I don't know, man. Everything here suggests Alonzo is the more complete hitter, and I'm sorry. Do you want? Do do you? You mean Olson? Olson. I keep saying their names wrong. Damn it. Olsen is the more. They are similar. Hitter. It's kind of hard. I'm having trouble with myself. Yeah. <laughs> Olsen is the more complete hitter, and even George seems to recognize that. With that being said, when you're drafting, do you want somebody who can hit? Okay, we'll say thirty. We'll say Olsen thirty-five home runs, but with a two sixty-five, two seventy average, and similar RBIs and runs because RBIs and runs are very fluky. You just never know what you're going to get year in year out. And then, or do you want the forty home run guy hitting two fifty? With similar home runs, similar RBIs. I want Forty guy, home run guy. <laughs> no, I want the guy with a that might have a little less home runs. That's another thing. Line drive rate and fly ball rate is kind of finicky as it is because depending on what site you look at, well, they decide what's a fly ball, what's a line yeah. drive. I think. I mean, Alonso's going to hit line drive. Alonso, dang it, Alston's going to hit line <laughs> drives because he hits them hard. He hits line drives harder. I guarantee you, he also probably puts like that's going to cause a lot more. It's going to cause home runs too. You know, those line drives do go over the fence. It's just I get it. Fly balls do more. But with that said, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that indicate just Olsen being a more complete hitter. And I want the more complete hitter. I want the guy that, sure, okay, fine, five home runs less, but 10 more points of batting average is way harder to come by. While with a guy who's going to give you just a solid form power as well. Mm. Like, that's what I'm getting at. Like, the batting average. I also, um, I decided to look at, and there's literally no science behind this, but I was just curious. I decided to look at each of their home runs and see who barely who had the mo- more home runs barely over the fence because if they change the ball i know there's like no science behind this at all but i was just curious what you know what? <laughs> if they change the ball think about yeah. like the playoffs where I, all those balls like a ball was hit a fly ball and you're like how oh many that would have went out but how it many went times the did track. we get how many times you know what i'm saying like, how many times do we talk about that like yeah exactly oh, so i was like let me just check and see but <laughs> um alonzo had like nine that barely went over the fence and olsen had 14 I don't know if that matters, so the, but I, I, just, I, I just figured I'd look at it. All it does is make it that five home run difference I was talking about. <laughs> That's literally a five home run difference. Like if you think about it, like they both lose the same amount. Also loses five more. Like I don't think, and I, if you extrapolate, they were, they had a very, like they didn't have the, that much off either as far as home runs. I know again, extrapolate, but I'm betting against growth of a guy that we expected to be what Alonzo did. I get Alonzo did it, but you're also, I'm also betting against a sophomore. I'm betting against the guy coming into sophomore year, potential sophomore slump. That's very real. We've seen Bellinger go through it. We've seen other players go through it. Bellinger's just the most recent example. And if someone like Bellinger, who we're taking as a top five pick in some drafts, can go through it, you're sure you bet your sweet butt that Alonzo's gonna could go through it. But let me just one last little thing. If you look at all the advanced like the x stats you know the exit you look at exit below average exit below matt olsen had matt olsen's in the 90th percentile or, or sorry 93rd or better in exit below hard hit rate x slug and x woba p, p alonzo isn't even 90th percentile in any of those he's 70th percentile in average exit below 90.6 he's in 71st percentile in, in hard hit rate at 42.3 his xba but- is my point is barrel trumps those stats. So I understand. No, like, I understand because if you obviously barrel, what barrel does is shows that he's making it's qual, it's better quality contact. I understand that. So he doesn't. Have to that's probably active. why Alonso's got a w uh, higher WRC plus too. So I mean, 
I think he just hits the ball. Better. I didn't. Alonzo does. Yes. Yes. I think so. I'm losing no, my no. mind. Yes, he has the higher WRC plus. But as far as like again, batting, we're talking expected batting average difference of of up of upwards of twenty points. Like I just I want the more complete hitter, and I I I know it's not popular. And then when you look at just like the plate discipline, you see that he also has the better plate discipline, which goes back into that batting average being a higher floor. And when you have a guy with better plate discipline, better swing strike rate, better chase rate by a lot. With Pete Alonso showing that he has a higher chase rate, higher swing strike rate, there's more holes in his swing, which could lead to a dip in batting average. If he's a 250 hitter, no one's going to be surprised. If Olsen hits 270, people might be a little surprised, but it's actually doable. It's expected that batting average is 276. I think there's just a higher floor, so to speak, like for a four-category floor. And I think that there's a chance I, – I really do believe he's going to hit 38 to 42-ish home runs. It's an odd number, I know. But I really do think that's like realistic, and I want that. I I just think that there's more value to be had there than there is where his ADP is. Yeah, there's definitely more value in his ADP. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But honestly, at the end of the season, like I'm, I literally million put money where my mouth is. I'm not just saying it. Like I would actually bet somebody, not everybody, because obviously everybody wants that bet. But I would put I would put some money on it for sure, 110. percent Eric Cross has mentioned that we sh- we that we might need to make a bet on it. He hasn't mentioned the terms of the bet. I'm willing to make a bet on it. Like, I'm not kidding. I'm I, I, just like, heck, I told you I'm big on Woodruff. I set a new minimum pick on him in NFBC as of right now. Yeah. Stupid. Like, it may be, <laughs> but it wasn't yeah. bad. He was, a 24, he was a 24th pitcher off the board. Like, it wasn't like I reached for him. Our, our, our draft kind of pushed up pitching a little bit. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I mean, it is what it is. Like, I'm going like, yeah, to, I, I think, believe in my guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that. Olsen could hit that, you know, 270, like you said. I just don't think he can do that and still hit over 40 home runs. I, yeah. just, I, I don't think that's going to happen. So, for me, me, I'm, I still, as much as I love Olsen, I still have to put Alonzo ahead of him. Yeah, if he hits 270 at 40 home runs, you're looking at, like, a, like a top 15 player. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know what? And I do not uh, see him being a top 15. Give, give me 270 and 35 over 250 and 40 every day. Yeah, but then you that, that's a, that's like an Anthony Rizzo well, and Jose Abreu. For me, in that case, like you're just getting marginal. Like you're getting like average, like or you know, middle, middle of the pack average, but you're, you're not necessarily helping yourself in power. So whereas Alonzo, like you are getting a power asset. Meh, yeah. maybe. You can make a I batting agree. average somewhere. You can make a so, batting average elsewhere. So if those barrels drop, say the barrel percentage drops, he makes he's not making as good contact. Which I'm just saying, because you're he. I mean, I'm not saying he's dependent on barrels to be a home run hitter, but all the metrics suggest that if he's if he doesn't barrel the ball up again next year, which again he never showed this type of power in the minors. He always showed him to be a power bat, but no one saw 50 coming out of him. No one's gonna suddenly. Be, everyone's gonna suddenly be like, "Oh, he was a fifty home run bat coming out of the minors." You're a Mets fan. You knew that was not. You were hoping for a thirty to thirty five home run bat out of him. Well, I think a lot of people thought a lot of people were gonna hit thirty home runs, but they hit over forty this year. <laughs> I, and I think obviously, at, at the end of the day, if the ball does lose some juice, it affects it, everybody. Though, it affects yeah. everybody. It doesn't but th- matter. But I think the I want the player who hits for more line drives because that's going to sustain value in batting average. Whereas if Alonzo starts hitting a lot more of those balls, and more of those end up at, at the warning track. So, and I think you personally should drop both of them because I'm, what that, that's what a, you're talking the way you're talking. What stats you think Olsen could put up? That's what Abreu puts up. 
It's what Goldschmidt puts up. I have, and I have them all. You know what I'm saying? Well, Brayu actually is more of like a high 20s, low, maybe low 30s. I think he hit low 30s this year, but he's been more of like a, I remember if I, I was looking at stats earlier. I think it was like a 28-ish, 30-ish. I think 30 was like always a ceiling type of thing. But, yeah, they've always hit for a better average. Rizzo, he kind of has just been kind of a solid, you just yeah, high average. Yeah, consistent. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Although his powers dipped a little bit. But. That's, yeah, and that's noticeable. Goldschmidt's kind of gone the other way as far as, like, it's been power, but the, but this batting average is falling. So yeah. there's that. Like there's a, there's a lot of concern there in that middle area. I think Alonzo and Olsen do offer higher upside than all those guys. So yeah, that's, yeah, at that's this true. point, that's a fair. That's a fair. Yeah. And that yeah. so that that's why I have them both. I have them both in their own tier. By the way, I didn't mention that part. I guess I should. Well, Abreu Abreu last year at two eighty four, thirty three home runs, one hundred twenty RBIs. Yeah, and for all we know, runs. That, that could honestly be his career. And that, well, like, that should – well, not now. Nice young lineup now. I feel like he's going to be – He's hitting fourth. I think he's a little – I've moved him up, actually. That's why I moved him up in my ranks today when I, before I released him. I had him as high as seven. Yeah, I moved Abreu over. I think Abreu was like ninth for me. I actually flip-flopped him and Bell. Because, again, being in this draft, I had these ranks going. But being in this draft, I realized which ones I wanted more. And I ended up getting Abreu and Bell, but about 20 or so – actually, like 30 or so picks different. And I know we'll get into that in a second because you have Bell higher than I do, George. But yeah. I think we can move on from this Olsen and Alonzo talk. Honestly, <laughs> well, I think I honestly even think I lost it if most people listen to it. And I'm okay with that because I still feel strong in my convictions. I want the guy that offers potentially four categories or someone that offers potentially three. Because I, I, I feel very confident in getting some solid power late. Yeah. Like, I feel like power is one of the easier stats to make up late. I want some but batting average. Just like steals. I think steals are over. I think well. I think steals are very over. Um, I think the cons- I think yeah. I think this concern is overrated. Yeah, because you, you can see, like, again. I'm. I know. I've talked about this guy, Victor Reyes. He could be a twenty steal guy, and you can get him literally at the end of your drafts. Yeah. Like you can find steals can be found on the waiver wire. You just have to be very aggressive on them. But that's another discussion about as far as draft strategy. I'm, and that's another thing. People always feel the need to try to win the category. Just shoot for like third or fourth in it and just get stronger everywhere else and you're really in a good place. I don't yeah, know, man. That's I, good. That's good discussion there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – this is my hill and I'm, I'm living on it and I'm going to die on it. And, heck, if it, it could work out or I could be a complete buffoon, whatever. No one's going to draft Olsen over Alonzo. The so thing I'm, is, I don't, I don't think you you can't be a buffoon with Olsen going at pick seventy. You know, I, I don't think. I mean, no, no, yeah. <laughs> but Mike's just saying overall, I think he's going to do better. That's, that's I think what overall, the I think I, yeah, overall next year, end of season. Obviously, I hope they both stay healthy because I think at the end of the season, Olsen's going to rank higher, even 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 if it's marginally. But I think it's, I think he's going to rank higher, and we're going to have this discussion. And either I'm going to be really right or really wrong in, in your guys' eyes. <laughs> yeah. There's no we're way. Gonna have to, we're going to have to make something fun out of this and, and keep track uh, throughout the season. Tough one. <laughs> yeah. So you have Olsen three, uh, Mike, and – I have Alonzo. Uh, you have Alonzo three. I have Alonzo three as well. So if you guys want to move on. Yes. Now, sure who do you have at four? <laughs> <laughs> Let's move down to one more spot. Four. <laughs> um, I have Alonzo four. So, I mean – <laughs> uh, I got Rizzo. Okay, yeah, and I actually have Josh Bell at four, so I think yeah, I was see? higher. Uh, I was higher on Bell. I have Bell in between uh, Alonzo and Olsen 
Make that switch. Make that switch. <laughs> no, I mean, the reason why I have Josh Bell four is because, like, I, I believe in that first half. Um, I, I believe in that first half. You know, you look at, you know, we're talking about the stack cast metrics and stuff, and, and all of his are off the chart as well. You know, he hit, hit two seven, and he has shown before, you know, he's kind of gone back and forth as far as like what kind of hitter he's going to be. He's kind of putting it all together. You know, he hit 277 with 37 home runs. Um, the X batting average supports that at 283. And that plate discipline, I mean, the plate discipline is better than both Alonzo and Olsen, you know, sub 20% strikeout rate all the time. And that uh, was 12... with, that was with, sorry, that was with him like purposely being more aggressive too. Exactly. And, and, and to strike out less than 20% of the time. I mean, yeah. hell yeah, give me that 12%, you know, walk rate, uh, career high, you know, 92.3 average exit velo. I mean, you know, everyone's got career highs this year, but I mean, just you know, <laughs> launch angle up each of the last four years. <laughs> um, you Which know that coincides. A good thing though, because I mean, he that could turn to more pop ups and issues like that. But I, I, I'm pretty sure with him it didn't, because I, I did a deep dive on him at midseason, and yeah. I thought he, I thought he would come around, and I think he ended up, he was coming around before he got hurt. But I guess you were gonna get to that, so you can finish what you were thinking. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, launch go up, uh, ground ball rate down each of the last three years. And I think that second half decline just really has a lot to do with injuries. I mean, I, you know, uh, he had a lower, you know, by like 10% lower hard hit rate, um, but he had better plate discipline. So I don't think he was swinging as much. I think, you know, near the end of July, he kind of had like a side, like a quad kind of, uh, not a quad, I mean, sorry, like a core kind of injury. Um, I know you did the the deep dive on him. Do you do you remember exactly what it was? I did the deep dive before he got hurt, and I was telling okay. people not. I was telling people not to panic. As right. Far so as it was years ago, but yeah. So he kind of he he hurt his side, and you know after that he he wasn't swinging as much. Like all his swing percentages uh, went down, and his walk rate went up, and strikeout rate went down, but his power went down as well. So I think the injury had a lot to do with that. Then he Left. missed like. Left, obl- uh, left oblique strain. Yeah, okay, so it was the oblique. And then he missed the last couple of weeks of the season with the, with the groin. So, um, yeah, I think I, I'm buying into that, that first half. And the same way that we kind of can compare uh, Alonzo and Olsen, I kind of put, like, Josh Bell and Anthony Rizzo together. And I just think that Josh Bell, you know, he's 27 years old. Uh, he broke out first half of the season, and that's what I'm buying into. I think he's going to carry that over into next season. I mean, I, 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 I'm, and you know me. I, it's funny because I was the Josh Bell guy last year. Yeah, I was totally bought in, and now it's like I just think, I think it's there. I think Bell can be that guy. I just, for me, it's funny because like I was preaching. It's funny because Olsen and Alonzo don't have much of a track record. Olsen a little bit, you know, he's shown it. He didn't do it, then he showed it last year. Alonzo has no track record, and now I'm over here about to say I want Abreu and Goldschmidt over Bell because of track record, <laughs> like and Rizzo. <laughs> so it's like I'm contradicting myself. I don't know. It's like it's really weird because I Bell I've gone back and forth on, and I don't know, man. I just I feel like there's a lot of 260 and 25 home runs like potential there, but I feel like there's also a potential. For, I think 280 and 35 is very real. I mean, we did just kind of see that, so I don't right. know. But I found myself drafting. That goes back to why I have tiers. I'm not as high on him as you are, but I do have him in my tier three, which is in the same exact tier as Goldschmidt and Abreu. 
So I think a lot of it is team construction when it comes to what comes to, for me. You're a little higher on him, so you might actually look at him as a major piece to your team. Where I look at him, and AD, where do you have where do you have Bell, Mike? I have him. I think the same as you. At um, I have him at eight. So I have, I have him at nine. eight. Okay. Uh, it says nine a line, but it's really eight because I actually have to do the math. <laughs> gotcha. But, but yeah, so. I have him at eight, but still, it's again in that tier with Goldschmidt, with Abreu. The reason why I moved him to eight was because of this draft I'm in, because this draft I needed more of a floor. So I was like, well, you know what? I know Abreu. The Abreu, Abreu, if there's a track record, it's Abreu. Abreu and Rizzo have that track record. So I targeted both of them. I ended yeah. up with Abreu because Rizzo was taken, which I was fine with because I actually like Abreu's lineup more anyway. So there's more RBI potential, I think, there, so depending on what the Cubs do. But And then I found myself coming around again. I was like, oh. Kind of need Goldschmidt. He, yeah, the average might not be there, but we know what we're getting. So I was like, uh, but I might flip, make, honestly, I might flip that again because the more I think about Bell, it's like, well, uh, again, Bell and you know what? Bell and Goldschmidt are very much like Alonzo and Olsen to me. That's how I view them now. I view as, and I'm, I'm talking about Bell in the same sentence as like Olsen, where I think Bell offers that four category upside where I think. Goldschmidt is more of a three category guy these days, so I might yeah. make that. Sw- I might make that switch again because I think initially I had it like that anyway. So again, but it's just that's why I'm big on te- tiers because these guys all. That's why at least in, for me tiers are it's like all about team need. Uh, yes, I have them ranked a certain way because I think they're going to you know that's why I think they're going to finish by the end of the year. But I will I won't necessarily draft them in that set order because of team need. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's more of a construct. That's more of a uh, strategy thing, but yeah, back, yeah. Grow that back in I, a little bit. <laughs> I put Bell in nine just because I put him behind guys, kind of a few that you mentioned. Just um, everyone in front of him, we know what they are and what they can do, and they've proven it. And um, I feel like we don't really know what we're going to get with Bell. He definitely has really high upside. Um, so, like you said too, I I think it. it Team construction kind of matters. If you can afford upside, then Bell's the way to go. But if you need someone safe, then yeah, I'd rather go like a Rizzo, a Rizzo, a Bray, or a Goldschmidt over him. Plus, I have Olsen and Lemayo. A serious question. Well, we're going to talk about Lemayo because that's interesting. But a serious question is why are we all still kind of like all in on Rizzo as like a top five? Because he's just so consistent. You know what you're going to get from him. Yeah, yeah pretty much. And I kind of, I kind of think he had a little down year last year too. You have him at sixth, yeah. But the Cubs aren't getting. Are the Cubs gonna get any better? Holy crap! I've, I want to see him for the first time. Just pulled up his uh, Statcast page, and his uh, they weren't they weren't that great. His barrel rate went up this year uh, in twenty. He had his but, best on base percentage last year too. Yeah, so in points leagues and stuff, but I mean, outside of points leagues, oh, he only had five hundred twelve. Uh, sorry, six hundred thirteen plate appearances. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he was like, a little hurt. So there's, but I'm just wondering how much. What if the power? He had drops? a solid OPS though. Well, that's because his OBP is ridiculous. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And his batting average was obviously good. I mean, 293. He's just solid again. Yeah. yeah right. right. He's solid. Exactly. He's that's just right. so, and you know what you're gonna get yeah. like he, unless he, if he doesn't get hurt, I feel like he's almost a guarantee for 30 home runs, probably 100 RBIs. He's gonna and hit near. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's his floor. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah I get it, but that's, so how that's could like, you not? Yeah, yeah. That, and I was just about to say, why are none of us just putting a Brayu above him because of uh, team context? But you don't have. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to. That's why, like you said, tier wise, it's kind of like you know, 
Well, I'd be so had, nitpicky to. I lied. I had Rizzo in tier two still. I almost want to make. Mm. I almost want to put Rizzo back to tier three with Abreu because Alonzo and Olson for me were just. They're such. They're like the high upside tier. I gotta maybe. Yeah. Make, I might have to make that note. Right. But, so I have Olson at five. Um, yeah. <laughs> but as you would say, <laughs> as you would say, we beat that dead horse into the ground. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <be laughs> and uh, <laughs> so then, yeah, I have Rizzo at six because, like you said, like just the, the safety of your, you know, you're going to get a 290 to 300 average. Um, I, I don't think he's going to hit over 300 or over 30 home runs. Um, I don't think he's going to be that kind of hitter anymore i think he's you're looking at mid to high high 20s but still i mean with good counting stats uh you know great obp so i mean yeah he's just he's just completely solid all the way around dj lemayhu i know it's like sudden boom snap (laughs) dj lemayhu oh i just we me and you are pretty much on board with dj lemayhu's um george and i I should say we both have him you have what 12 george um yeah i have him yeah i have him 12 i have, right now. I have to subtract one i have him i have him 10th right now <laughs> yeah i i w- wanted to i was probably gonna make one change i think i was actually gonna uh move carlos santana down a bit to 12 where dj is and then move dj up a bit well and then the reason why dj lemay is such a interesting topic is because i have him 10 you have him 12 13 whatever you're gonna move him up a little bit yeah. And then you're going to – so roughly 10. I'll say – we'll say we both have him around 10. And then you have this clown that has him at one, two, three. Uh, there we go, seven. Seventh. A top seven first top baseman seven. over Matt Olsen. I, uh, there we go. No, but seriously, what is I, – I, I'm guessing this is the high floor. I mean, again, it's kind of like – yeah. I, I, it's so hard because if I need a power bat at that point, there's, obviously there's no point in me going after him. Um, so it kind of depends who you have. Well, true. But, um, yeah, it's just the high floor. I mean, I feel he's going to hit a ridiculous average, I think, again. And I think he's going to hit, you know, when you're hitting th- over 320, not a lot of guys do that. He's in a great lineup. He's still in a great stadium. He's going to get 100 RBIs in my mind. He's guaranteed 100 runs in my mind. Yeah. I mean, the floor is just so high with him, and it's guaranteed. Yeah, nothing's guaranteed, obviously. But right. in my mind, it's almost like he's guaranteed – to get you three solid categories and meanwhile putting up 20 something home runs, which kind of helps. What do you mean three yeah. solid? Wait, I mean, I mean, he's going like, to gonna, like, I mean, he's going to give you, you know, solid numbers in three categories. I'm saying which, which three I missed. I, I'm, I honestly, I was reading a tweet. Oh God. I said average, average RBI and runs. He's not going to do it. He won't. He, let me slow down. RBIs aren't going to happen again. He's going to be he's going to be hitting leadoff maybe second most of the year. I think RBIs are capped at about seventy five to eighty at that point. He's not going to be a hundred RBI guy hitting leadoff. That doesn't happen. It just happened. He didn't and, hit leadoff the whole that, time, did he? I thought he was hitting like middle I mean, lineup at some point. At certain points, but injuries happen. They'll move him down again. I mean, it's. I just I just I'm, think I'm, it's the stadium. It's the line. Yeah, he's he's gonna kill it man i mean i even if he's hitting first that about from you know top to bottom that lineup's insane it doesn't oh, matter i'm aware it doesn't matter where, yeah but i'm saying well, it doesn't matter where mind. you hit what blows my mind is how he had a career year in new york after spending a career in course i know I yeah, don't under, right? none of that made sense to me like i keep looking at him i'm like what 
did you, I think he raised his launch angle. So yes, I'm not surprised that he uh, had had the home run bit like a little bit of a he literally like doubled. Sorry, eleven more home runs than his previous career high, which was yeah. the year before actually. So I, I, I mean, you're a big exit velocity guy. He was 92nd percentile on exit velocity. Well, what was his barrel and, har- yeah. and 90th in hard hit percentage? <laughs> what was his barrel rate? Come on, Mr. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about that? Yeah. It was about 7.5. <laughs> so, with that being said, though, I mean, his plate discipline is still solid. Dude, his chase rate went up immensely. I'm just looking at some stuff I've never really looked at with him. Well, clearly it didn't matter because he had 327. <laughs> crazy, though, because his trace rate went up 4%. His contact rate went down to and it, 2%. And his XBA is still 99% yes, off. And he's yeah. still a ridiculously great hitter because <laughs> his, 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 his zone contact is still over 91%, 91.8%. Yeah. I was just trying to see where he was hitting. The reason why I have him up is because I'm looking to see where he hit in the lineup all year because I should show that, but I'm not finding it on the fly right now. Really? It'd be on splits. Sorry, I forgot to do the splits. Yeah. Well, because uh, – sorry, I was looking somewhere else. I was like, I forgot it was a splits thing. Yeah, it was but, mainly first, batting first. He had, yeah. he had 584 – yeah. 92 RBIs hitting first. I'm not buying that. In. I, if I had to take the over-under on that right now, I would take the under. Just because of the odd – the the um the potential the, – the chance. The odds aren't in his favor but it, to hit but, 92 RBIs. I know a, the lineup is – Why not? I mean, they had Glaber him what seven eighth all year. I mean, I didn't realize he hit first most of the year. I really did think he was hitting like middle of the lineup. Yeah, he was at one point. Maybe it was probably all in the one air. That's one all in the same type of month type of thing. Yeah, but he hit and as a leadoff hitter, I obviously a high floor for runs, high floor for batting average, solid home run numbers because that park and lineup and just he has a lot of protection. He's gonna get he's gonna see pitches. The fact that again, the fact that he's breaking out thirty-one blows my mind, but good for him. Yeah, I'm I mean, not, well, he, I mean, he's I'm, had he's had like three really, three, four really good years in a row, though. No, it's, he's always been it's always he's always been like one of those batting average fallback guys. Like you would always yeah. go out, you would draft a Joey Gallo and pair him with a Lemay yeah, every right, year. Right. Every year, that's what you yeah. did. But now he actually offers you more than that empty batting average, which is nice. And I'm not anti Lemayhew. No, I, I think, know. You just think I'm too high. That's I, I, it's just a little bit, only because he literally had his career year at 31 years old. Like I have a hard time buying back into that. I have a hard time buying into the high RBI total. Yeah. But with that being said, it depends on the league. Like again, 15 teamers, he's going. In, he's going earlier because in 15 teamers, like again, I keep referencing this draft because this is my first draft of the year, and I think it's really telling to what I'm going to like to do because. I have a hard time taking LeMahieu over guys like Max Muncy because I feel like Max Muncy offers potential um, difference making at these positions. Like he's multi-position eligible as well. He offers 35 home runs. And I think a 260 batting average seems like a floor. It's kind so of he's, he's done. So he's basically Olsen. He's a uh, uh, yeah, I guess. I, I get what you're trying to say there. You're not going to get me on that, but yeah. Without the uh, without the guarantee and playing time and all that, but my my I guess my point is is that I, I find myself when it comes to yeah you're you're trying to get me back into this I'm not doing it. I guess it's true. I'm, not really, but my point my point is though in all seriousness my point is when it comes to Lemayhu, I'm more likely to have him in a 12 team or shallower leagues where I can I I I won't be missing out on as much upside around him. Whereas in deeper leagues, where it's funny because in deeper leagues he probably he's probably more valuable as a multi positional eligible guy. And as a guy who has such a high floor, his value is there. I just have a hard time. I don't like passing on other players and potential at that spot from what I've seen so far. That could change. 
I'm just yeah. I don't know. Right now I'm very I'm kind of like I don't know. See, I'll I'll never have him because I live in New York and Yankee fans love to draft their own players. So well, he, and he's a, he's I will a good not player. own a share of him because he will be taken way too high with all my leagues with my friends. You don't have friends. I got some friends. <laughs> but I'm just I don't know. Like, like let me throw some names at you. Seriously, now that I feel like this is actually a good little discussion. We're gonna be all this is gonna be a like a four hour podcast. But yeah. <laughs> well, it's very interesting because I got finally made you though. But it's very interesting because it's, these are things that, like I, like I said, this draft has been worth every bit of it just for the early exposure to some of these names. Lemayu literally went in round five of a fifteen teamer, so it's probably like round six and twelve, which is okay. But like Chris Bryant went after him. Hmm. Jose Jose Abreu went after him. Well, yeah, I I have him ranked under him, so. Do you? I don't. Well, I don't know. Who <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. I I I'm looking at your ranks right I now. I would go Abreu over him. Would yeah. you? Okay. Yeah. Um, Chris Bryant, different position, but you get the idea. I'd rather have Chris Bryant. Again, it depends what I got at that point. Position, <laughs> but you it's think so that, hard to say. So, and you have Max Muncy under him. So, I, but I know George and I have Muncy over him. But they okay. they went they went back to back. So it's like Tim Anderson. That 2020 potential, you know, like uh, yeah, and the high average, yeah. Well, I wouldn't bank on the high average, man. It's just, oh, I hate his play discipline. I know he has <laughs> his speed is there though. I know it'll carry. No, I would, I would go Lemay over him. Yeah, I think, but again, I, he he fits the team. E, what if you really need speed? You know. Well, yeah, but I'm just thinking, <laughs> Brandon. Wood, Bra- let's just be honest, Brandon Woodruff. You would take over him. I know. Not even close. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. It didn't happen that way. Uh, Jorge Soler. If I need power. <laughs> so, See, that's what's so hard about this when you get to this point because this is the part of the draft where it depends who you have. If yeah. I need power, I would easily go Solaire and, you know, but if I need average, why would I knock out DJ? And I guess my point you know is, yeah, and I'm guessing my point really trying to drive home is that so it's tough, but. Ranks, ranks in general are great for guidance, but never really, you should never really follow them to a T. That's yeah. why I always put. That's well, why you do it too with your pitchers. You put them in tiers, tiers. but that's also why I like tiers. Is because I feel like in that tier, it's essentially like that tier. I would go with who, what category I'm looking for. You know yes. what I mean? So Tier-based like in that tier, like drafting. I have Lemayo. Say I know you don't, but I have Lemayo Olson. So again, yeah, if I'm looking for average, I'm going Lemayo. If I want power, I'm going Olson. Yeah. That's why I, I want to drive home, although we are talking about our ranks, and we do do ranks, obviously, for everybody because a lot of people love ranks. Tiers are so important, and I think people underestimate the importance of them while drafting. So I, would just, want to, I just really wanted to drive that point home. Yeah. And I don't know if you want to get in on this with the way you talk, George. I know you haven't spoken in, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> but, no, I mean, um, I, I'm kind of with you, Mike. Is like, you know, I want to move LeMahieu up. I'm just – I'm not there at moving him up to the seven. Uh, I do think that he's going to contribute. You know, he's going to chip in in you know, five categories. Um, not necessarily going to be like a stolen base asset or anything, but he's going to chip in some stolen bases. And I, I like the team context. I do believe that even if you knock 20 RBIs off, I mean, 180 combined run RBI with a solid average, chip in close to 20 home runs. I mean, that's a solid player, no matter what format you're looking at, no matter what you need. So, um, I mean, I had him at 12 right now. I do want to move him up maybe a spot or two. I'm, I'm not having a hard time too, though. Like I have him at 10. Right. It's like, 
I can see myself putting him over Max Muncy. That's not a that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. I put him over Max Muncy, but again, maybe what I need to do is move DJ LeMayu up into that top, that tier three because he would fit in, or maybe move Muncy down because I feel like Muncy and him belong together because that's where I feel like they truly are one or the other power or bad. Yeah. And we've been doing our, our fan tracks rankings and, you know, these two guys, Muncie and LeMahieu have been in the last like three uh, positions, you know, first (laughs) base, second base, third base. And I've ranked them back to back in all three rankings. And so have I actually, you know, yeah, they're, they're right there next to each other. And it's kind of, you know, like we've been talking about what do you need? And um, the more that I think about it now, you know, it's like average is, just as scarce as steals and so it's like maybe i need to make that switch and put lemayhu above muncie yeah and i think i can be there with you so i you think know? at the very least we can get on board all three of us with lemayhu over muncie so I'm, I'm thinking yeah so I, i'm thinking muncie i mean i'm thinking lemayhu is i'm probably gonna have him at 10 right where you have him too well then i'm gonna move him up to nine because i have uh muncie, muncie nine. at nine yeah Let's see, who do you have differently in your top 10? Oh, you have – okay, you have a guy I want to talk about. You have Carl Santana that is or was in your top 10. Right, so Santana is actually the one that I want to make the switch with and probably get him down to 12. I'm having – he's another – That's where I have him. Yeah. And that's actually where I have him as well. So hmm. do we that's all cute. just kind of – do we all just kind of agree that, like, he is who he is. He's, so, he's super solid, great power source later in drafts. But, man, like, another guy who had a career – batting average like he had a yeah, high yeah. batting average at 33 years old or it was he's much better in points leagues oh dude he doesn't like, he actually he's, i think he actually walks more and he strikes out i mean yeah he's yeah. so good in points leagues but if you look at his um stat cast page the batting average wasn't a fluke which really makes me wonder why all of a sudden well i mean the change of swing or something? he kind of did he kind of did overperform his expecting batting average. Uh, it was down to 268. Uh, he did hit 281. So just like we've been saying, like this was a career oh. year. Well, 268 is actually normally what he hit. So I, I thought he actually – I didn't realize it was that overachieving. So, yeah, 61st percentile. But, yeah, so essentially he if he hit his expecting, that's pretty much in line with his career. He's usually right. like a 260 hitter. So, okay, that makes you feel a little better. I swore it was higher for some reason. The expecting, yeah. not the actual. The actual was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's going to be um, great in, you know, point, like points oh, leagues, points OBP. Leagues. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, don't, I think he's going to go back to what he, you know, he's always been is right around 240, 250, uh, mid, mid to high 20s home runs and great on base skills. I'm not exaggerating when I say, like, right now, because when you do your point leagues draft, the ADP carries over from all these other leagues that we're doing. Right now, like in a points league, he's top 75. Like that's how big of a difference he is in points leagues compared to like right now he's going like 150 in drafts almost, like 140. Yeah. I would literally mm-hmm. cut that in half and take him inside the top 70 without even second guessing it. That's how much more value he gains in OBP. In points in points OBP. leagues specifically. Yeah. Because yeah. in standard, I mean, he's can. not really helping you anywhere. Yeah. Well, in OBP, he – I think he's right in between. Like he might be around between one one ten in OBP mm-hmm. because OBP leagues, you know, points. He's very, 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 very valuable. Lack of Ks, high walk rate, and solid, you know, doubles and all the other stuff. But OBP leagues, you still need the counting stats, and I think he's going to decline across the board back to more of like that, like you said, the mid to upper twenties, 80, 80 RBIs, eighty runs, because that you know the offense is getting a little weaker around him. Yeah, especially if they end up trading Lindor and then don't bring back Puig and. 
Yeah, yeah. Who, so who knows? I think yeah. So I think there's regression due in the counting stats, the home run total if the ball's less juiced, just like everybody else. But then obviously the batting average was obviously an overachievement. So I think we all have them ranked pretty fairly with all yeah. that considered. Like all those negatives, and he's still above Reese Hoskins for me. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> Where do you guys have Reese Hoskins? He is. I have him 11, but I kind of want to move him even further down. I just moved him down today, so I have him at 13. Yeah, I had him at 10. I did too when we first did our ranks. And you know why? I'm not going to lie. I got influenced by seeing you guys. There was like three of you that had him at 10. And I was like, mm-hmm. damn, I'm really, I was like, damn, I'm really low on this guy. So I moved him up because I was like, maybe I'm missing something. And then I looked at him again after I let, you know, this whole. I told you when I, when I, cause you know, I do, I, I work around with you guys and when I see your ranks, it influences me a little bit. I'm like, okay, what am I missing? And I realized, yes. I realized I'm not missing anything. There's nothing there. I don't see it. Batting average is bottom. He's like, he's like Chris Davis with a C. Like he hopes to be K Chris Davis. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, obviously, with- obviously that's not, I don't mean that it's, it's getting, it's just bad. It's just really, really bad. Like yeah. right now. Yeah. So, well, the thing about his average is whereas, you know, uh, Chris Davis strikes <laughs> out, you know, like none other, um, you know, Hoskins actually has much better play discipline, walking 16% yeah. of the time, you know, 24% strikeout rate you could live with. Now, what made that average dip so much is that launch angle. He's just gone too far with it. Each of the last three years, it's gone up and up. It's up to 24 mm-hmm. uh you know, degrees. 24 degrees, mm-hmm. and, and he's that's what it is. And barrel, too, because yeah, the, yeah, the barrel's gone down each year. The Babbitt's gonna go down, the barrel rate's gonna go down. Um, so for me, the reason why I have him at 10, and I think I'm actually gonna move him up to, to nine and then put LeMayhew at 10 and then move Santana down to 12. <laughs> it, <laughs> I'm gonna make all these adjustments oh, here, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm moving the pieces around a bit, but uh, yeah, I think Hoskins, you know, we've seen the the what he did in 2017 in that limited time. And then he followed that up in 2018 with another good solid, you know, 34 home runs. And uh, we know that that lineup is is a good lineup. I mean, we know it's a good park and it's just a little, I I think it's just going to take a little launch angle adjustment um, to get him right back to what we were used to. If I hear reports, if I hear reports of a swing change of any sort and he looks good in spring training, I will adjust accordingly, but man, when you see somebody with a fourth percentile, fourth, not fortieth, fourth percentile expected batting average, I don't want that. That's a, that's yeah. that's draining. His expected batting average was two twenty one. His actual was two twenty six. Like the fact that your actual was two twenty six and it was still overachieving, that scares the living crap out of me. And the launch angle again, like you say, it's changed two years in a row. I love that. I love the. I like the plate discipline as far as the walk rate goes. I just I need to see more. I need to see the change. I don't want to rank them hoping that we're getting that change. I well, wanna... <clears throat> yeah, that's yeah. why I dropped them back down under someone like Mancini, who I thought I initially had above them. And again, I let you guys influence me because all of you guys had Mancini under them. But I was like, no, I'm gonna stick with my gut. Mancini looks to be the safer bet. And yeah, that's why I, I like, like Mancini. Um, can I bring up a player? Yeah. I'm curious. I know. I think someone brought up on Twitter to you. Mike, uh, I just want to see where do you have Nate Lau? Oh, I have him. I have him. Wait, I got to subtract one. Hold on. I have him at 14. Okay. How come you like him so much for next year? 
I'm overly, I'm probably overly aggressive. This is like, remember how I mentioned, I, like I was like really want to be really high on Evan White. So now once I update my rankings, Evan, Watts can, Evan White is for sure going to be in my top 30, probably at 30. Mm-hmm. Lowe just flashed it last year, man. And that's, I know it was just a flash. I know he's not proven, but he just has a, a lot to go, going for him as far as he has, he profiles very similarly as far as walks and carries to Hoskins in AAA of last year. He played 93 games. He had a walk rate of 17.7% and a carry rate of 20.2%. If you go to 2018, he actually walked more than he struck out in double-A. In single-A, he walked 11.4%, K'd 15% of the time. He's always had really solid plate discipline. And with that, he always he always flashed the power. Last year, if you combine pros and triple-A, he actually had 20 – I can't do the math – 23 home runs. And that was only in 143 games. So there's just a lot of potential there, I think, as far as like power, solid batting average. He's he's hit at 290 or better and at multiple stops within the minors, 289 or better technically, at multiple stops at the minors. Um, the OBP's there. There's a lot of solid upside. I think he legitimately has a 30 home run bat with a 275 plus batting average. He could be a poor man's Rizzo or maybe like an Abreu or like a Goldie ish. You know what I mean? Like he could be that guy, a little less power. I feel like he's a, like he's a, almost like an Abreu with a little less power, or maybe even similar power and a little less bang average, like just a little cheaper version of that. Yeah, I think Abreu might be a good comp. And to and right now he's at 14th because I'm anticipating him starting, but unfortunately, like it's the Rays. They have Yandy Diaz among others, which we can get to later because Yandy's in my top 30. But they just have so many moving parts. They're probably going to add something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just to start bring things back around to our rankings, where were we at here? I had Goldschmidt at seven. How, how do you guys feel about Goldschmidt? I'm okay with him. He's, he's yeah. solid. Solid. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the, just the, we know that he's an elite hitter. Just the thing that concerns me is just the, the age and the decline that we've been seeing over the last few years. Just a very, um, very small one, like slowly. It's been very great. Right, it, it has. It has like five straight years now with a decline in his walk rate. Um, you know, this last season he had a, a low, you know, career low barrel percentage and, and exit velocity. So, And he is going into his year 33 uh, season. So, it's I definitely – it's definitely – I feel like the discount's built in though. And mm-hmm. he's nothing special. He's like, again, another guy that – like I'm probably going to move Josh Bell back above him honestly, in my rankings. But it's just another guy that Goldschmidt's – he's like a Max Muncy, like another guy that's very similar as far as like, meh. Like I need some power and there's and first base isn't the deepest position as we're seeing. If I'm willing to put Nate Lowe at 14, which is pretty high, probably way higher than both of you, that tells you that, like, you know, the, the, the position lacks the depth that you really need as far as like the quality depth. Yeah. But hey, you know what? You want to know if if I'm – Last year, for instance, last year before Alonzo got the the was you know was said to be starting with the team. Remember that was like huge news when it happened. Yeah. If, if I had him ranked fifteenth, I was actually high on him compared to consensus. So if that's the case, maybe this is like that lucky area. Maybe Nate Lowe can be that like this year's Alonzo, where I ranked him higher than consensus initially, and then maybe he actually you know does things. Just saying. Maybe it's maybe it's the lucky area of my my rankings because I could pull it up. I have proof and the date of when I ranked Alonzo fifteenth, and I was considered the high man on him. I was really and that was actually pretty aggressive at the time. 
Yeah. So maybe <laughs> maybe Lowe could be that new Lonzo. I'm just saying. Not quite. Not 50 home runs, obviously, guys. But my <laughs> yeah. point is the value. So but, moving on, I have eight. <laughs> I have uh, Jose Abreu at eight. <laughs> Who do you guys have at eight? <laughs> you guys are doing. You're going one by one. Huh? I was just gonna jump around. <laughs> no, eight. we can jump around. I just want to get through like our top, like you know, twelve here. Well, I thought. See, I thought we talked about. Uh, I have at eight. I have Bell. I'm awesome. Okay. I hate you. Yeah. And then I kind of, <laughs> <laughs> kind of talked about already who I had here jumping Man's, around between Man's, nine and Mancini, twelve. Mancini, Mancini. I have a, at eleven. I think mm-hmm. Mike's similar too. I have thirteen. Thirteen. Where I have him thirteenth as well. Now, I thought I initially. I again, I had him top ten at one point, and then I moved him down to Lemayhew and Muncy, and and. But that's about it, and I just don't understand who are some names. Let me see some names you have them above. You have them below Santana. You have you guys have them below. It's pretty much it. Santana's the only one, and Hoskins. I don't really agree with. Well, but, yeah, I just said a name of Hoskins then. I was curious. Yeah. I was curious as to why Santana over Mancini. Is it just track record? Feel safer uh, about it. Yeah, probably more. Um, not guaranteed, but I feel like he's. You know you're going to get the power from him. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he's got the plate discipline, and he's just, you know, Trey Mancini just can't, kind of came out of nowhere, I felt like. And uh, he's done I feel like before. I can <laughs> see him being like, I don't know. I can see him just hitting like 20-some home runs with a decent average. And Well, he's hit 290 now twice in three years. He's right. hit 24 home runs two out of the three years. Literally two back-to-back years, he hit 24 home runs. This right. year he hit 35. I think there's legitimate – I think it's going to be closer to 28. I think he's going to fall in the middle this year. think yeah. so. Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing. The year they hit 290, was 7.2 degrees. Last year he fell off a little bit, hit like two – I thought it was like 250, 242. Launch angle dipped. He brought his launch angle, launch angle back up to 7.8 degrees this year. Came with it was the batting average. I think the batting average is legitimate as long as he keeps the changes in the swing. Yeah. And, he, and he actually increased his walk rate by 2.4%, if I can't do the math right. And he decreased – and that same 2.4%, basically, actually 3% total, he decreased in K rate. Yeah. So I, there was actual growth in his plate discipline. There was actual growth, you know, change back into a certain, long, uh, a certain swing. His barrel rate wasn't as high as it was last year, which is weird, but <laughs> – but everything, but everything else seems to be in line. Better exit velo, better just pretty much across the board this year than last, and even his good year in 2017. I just think there's more legitimacy to it than I even realized initially. That's why I moved him back up. I think I have him. What did I say? 11th, just after Lemayhew, and All right, so it's close. I, I yeah, and I but I think he's where I think, I think I've, I've I mean I know I I know I rather have him above Santana or Hoskins because I think there's four category potential versus the three i think santana and hoskins potentially have more power production but man again this goes back to mancini having that batting average a little less power you see how i favor this this type of thing a little i like more category producers i like that i, I like having a stronger foundation on a player it's a big thing i obviously prefer this goes back to the olsen versus alonzo thing yeah so yeah, know. and I'm gonna admit I didn't hadn't really looked deeply into Mancini, and I was just kind of kind of with um, Mike. Yeah, where like I wasn't sure if I was really buying it, but 
Um, yeah, I think I think you're kind of selling me here. I'm probably going to move Mancini up to 12 and then drop Santana right behind him. Boom, did it. <laughs> but I did not do I did not do good selling my Olsen take today, which I'm really upset with because I had a better better argument in my head, and then Mike just kind of <laughs> tore me down and. <laughs> you came no, you came strong with it. I did not have the same conviction you did, and I'm really upset with myself right now because I truly believe it, and I just didn't sell it as much as I would like to. So I'm gonna try this again with Zach one day. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, <laughs> the next guy. Okay, I was to say, um, go 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 for it. If you have a couple names, because beyond this, I want to get through a few more names and then kind of just throw out some that we really like, because then it gets into these real right whatever names. Yeah. Yeah, so the next guy I have who I was also the high the high guy on in our fan tracks rankings is uh Luke Voigt. I have him at 14. Oh, so hmm. you Luke Voigt is to you what Nate Lowe is to me. Except Possibly, for, yeah. But I got I have Lowe at 15, which I, oh, I actually okay. who I really like as well. Okay, so never mind, you are on the low train. Yeah, yeah, me. I had him at 15. So, so I have Lloyd uh, Lloyd. Lloyd. <laughs> Luke <laughs> Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Void at 14 here. I think um, Mike and I are pretty similar. Where do you have them, Mike? I, I you don't have I have your ranks here. I don't have them numbered though because uh 22. Oh, you have Hunter Dozier. See, I, we here's another thing. We have to get on the same page because Fantrax doesn't have Hunter Dozier as first base eligible. Yeah, I'll take him off. I'm just saying, you know, but see, that's what we go off of. And you probably took yours off Yahoo, I'm guessing. I don't remember. You got them somewhere because <laughs> you have Matt Carpenter on here too, who's out for the rule. I am deleting them. Regardless, we'll we'll have to fix that. Okay, Voigt's twenty-one, <laughs> <laughs> and I have I have Voigt. Oh, subtract one twentieth. I have Voigt twentieth. Yes, so I have a fourteen. I'm the high guy on him. Um, and I mean, I think just in in 2018, he finished off that season with uh, playing 47 games and. He flashed that power in those 47 games in 2018, um, hitting what he had, like eight, 18 home runs. Um, he was on, yeah, you know, we don't really like to do this, but it was a 51 home run pace in the year before the big, you know, juice ball. And then he comes back this season uh, with the Yankees and had 17 home runs in the first half, hitting 280. And mind you, that 2018, that limited sample, I mean, hit 322. And then, um, he went on the IL in July with a core injury and just wasn't the same after that. He had 228 with only four home runs after that. So I think that had a lot to do with it, but I think I'm buying what he had flashed in 2018 and then the first half of this last season. I think I need to move Voight up a little bit. I'm just looking at some of these names. and Especially I, in that lineup. Well, it's not even just that. Well, if he hits like ninth, that kind of hurts because that's just less plate appearances. I don't think he will, but last I looked on roster resource, which again, very, very early, but it's been a while too. I haven't looked in a little bit. Maybe I should look it up before I sound too stupid. But the last time I looked, it was um it's actually still on my my home screen here. Here we go. Let's reload it. Last I looked, it's on it's gonna be right now. Yeah, they have him pegged as hitting ninth on that team. So I mean, take that for what it's worth, because it is November. Let's see what his steamer production is. Gotta pull up voids. Sorry, this is on the fly. But yeah, I'm, well, they have him only. They have him with only a hundred games, only four hundred at bats. Weird. See, like I don't understand Great. why. Did I miss something? Like, <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't see. I don't see why. I mean, and I think that, that probably played into my reasoning. Definitely batting ninth would kill his value. I'm sorry, 
Like, there's really – it's hard to gain value from a guy hitting ninth in any lineup. No, it's LeMayo behind him. Oh, yeah. RBI, RBI <laughs> yeah, I mean, with Voight's on base skills, that's where that's where LeMayo's RBI is going to come from. Oh, you guys. But it's either – okay, which one is it? Luke's, uh, Voight's on base skills or Voight's home runs? Because, you know, <laughs> you got you to root for one of them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's kind of both. I mean, thirteen point nine percent walk rate. I mean, that's that's solid. Oh, you that's, know what hurt? You know what hurts Voight a lot? He's a righty, and that team has one lefty in it right now, mm-hmm. in Talkman. Assuming Talkman actually, you know, keeps starting, but Talkman is the one lefty in that lineup right now. Just looking at reasoning, like why he'd be down there, I don't know. With that being said, though, I'm like I'm looking at it. It's like I could see him over Yanni Diaz, no problem. It's it's Yuli Gurriel. I have a hard time ranking him over because Gurriel is just solid and safe. And and Carnacion, it depends where he signs. Assuming he signs as a full time DH, you're hoping Voight can be in Carnacion. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> like like yeah. that's what you're hoping for. That maybe you can get better batting average, but as far as power production and and all the other stuff, you're hoping Voight can be in Carnacion. So that's why I'm kind of on the Encarnacion yeah. ahead of him thing. That's fair. And I have I have Encarnacion at 16 right behind these yeah. two guys with same Voight tier. and Lowe. Yeah, same tier. Exactly. And I think just with Lowe and, and Voight is just, you know, the age and, and the upside there. And um, But, I mean, yeah, like you said, kind of similar similar tier. I I think we're at the point now. Do you guys like, – Encarnacion, he is what he is. There's no real point talking to him, talking about him, I should say. I would love to talk to him, but talking about him, <laughs> no real point. He's a power first guy, 240, 250 batting average. You get him late in your drafts for that power, corner and foot slot. You know who I'm finding very interesting, and I was a high man on him, is Danny Santana. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so surprised. I had him next. I had him at 17. And I'm surprised that – I'm not saying he should be going high. Yeah, I'm 16. And I have – okay, and I have him 15. Yeah. And – it's more or less just the power speed potential and the, he's first base and outfit eligible. But I, I know, trust me, I looked at it, the stat cast page jumps off the page. The hard hit rate, all that stuff is legit. Like the power, I think it's pretty real. I think he could be a 25, 20 guy. He's almost like an Ian Desmond without the batting average. Cause he has, he doesn't have cores as a home field, but the speed's very real. The power is for the most part, pretty real. It's his lack of plate discipline. That's concerning. I don't know why people are, are, there's people that are like really down on him. I think being yeah, he's got a he, bad K percentage. He's go, yeah, like 33 yeah. percent, right? 29.5. Oh, see, at one point it was 33 percent when I looked into him way like during the season. I haven't looked at him since, but my point is, and his, his walk rate was like three percent in the season too. Yeah, it's uh 4.9. Yeah, so okay, they both improved. Pfft, improvement, <laughs> but <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that all day, man. That's that's positive regression, man. In all seriousness, though, obviously that type of plate discipline, I'm sure that means his chase rate and all that other crap is crazy. And that's the type of guy that I'm – I don't know. I liked him last year. He was a great flyer. But I'd rather wait on a Kevin Newman type. You know what I mean? Like somebody with a little less speed maybe for stone base potential, but somebody that's just safer that's not going to drag your batting average down with the speed. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have a hard time, like, giving him 20-plus, you know, home runs and steals – and bringing down that average, I think, you know, they both, they all kind of come down together. Um, but yeah, I think Ian Desmond was a pretty good comp, you know, uh, maybe upper teens, uh, home runs and, and steals. And then, you know, I, I could definitely see the batting average just falling off though. 
It's funny because I'm over here. I just poo-pooed him, but I have him ranked the highest. So that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have him at 17. I mean. But it's like, I th- you know why I'm, I'm, I like him. See, I have him ranked there, but I've been seeing him like in these early drafts. I'm in, he's a top like 105 ADP guy. And I'm like, I don't, there's no value there. I don't want him there. That's the problem. His sprint yeah. speed 70th percentile. Um, I'm just looking at, like, I just played it real quick. I'm trying to see how many times he was caught stealing. Um, not, yeah, it wasn't a great success rate. I mean, he yeah. was caught stealing six times out of what, 27 attempts. I, I can't do the math on that real quick, but it's like a four. I mean, that's of the decent. No, it's like, yeah. yeah, it was like 75% success rate. It's okay. Yeah. You also have to consider, too. I mean, um, there's a possibility that we see Danny Santana as, like, again, uh, just a super utility guy. Which if you would think be that, helpful. I mean, if he's not playing every day, it, it's going to hurt him a bit. I mean, um, he kind of lucked into some playing time with injuries on that team last season. And you don't think he if they sign, I don't, that, that's, I mean, I just think there's a possibility because if they do, you know, they're going to open up a new ballpark. And if they're going after someone like Rendon to play third base, and then they're talking about moving, uh, having Mazzara play for, uh, sometime at first base, and then you got Joey Gallo as well in the outfield. Um, I mean, um, Colts, I mean, Willie Calhoun. Yeah. I mean, uh, you have Calhoun and you have Sinchu too. Yeah. I mean, do they move Odor off a second? I just, I don't know. You know, I don't. Odor just, that's a whole, we're going to, I can't wait to talk about him on second base previews. Oh, wait, right. I can wait because he's ridiculously low in my ranks. But... So, uh, so it's like, you know, I, I could see it. I could see uh, the possibility of Santana, you know, losing some out uh, on some playing time. Yeah, I don't know. I Maybe, I, maybe I'm moving down, but it's like at this point, who, I mean, you barely have him lower than me. So it's like, guys, like, I don't know, man. I guess we can get to these last few. I mean, yeah. these are at this point, we're just talking about after the, after this, we're getting to those later round guys. Yeah. You know, Yandy Diaz, I was a little, initially more excited than I am now. I just don't know if he's going to be a, he's another guy that I just don't know what the, like, Steamer has him projected 14 home runs, five stone bases, 240 average. Like, I mean, I'm, have you seen his biceps? Dude, they're huge. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have him initially ranked at like 17th, and I'm moving him down because playing time concerns because it is the Rays. Christian Walker's guy moved up because I think a lot of what he did was legitimate when you look at his like stat cast page and stuff. A lot of it's backed up. I, like I have Walker. Walker. Oh, Christian Walker. Yeah. yeah. I have him next at 18. Um, yeah. So, I, and I think that's fair. I think that's a good value for him. I, and I think you get him pretty much. He's the 20th first baseman taken off, taken in NFBC drafts. So I think there's a lot of value there. I think he's solid. I think he's a good corner and field option late or just somebody that you could take at the end of drafts for a little bit of power and the handful of steals. Like, just see what happens. He could be. Nothing, but he's, he's not yeah. costing you anything. I think there's some... kind of like I like CJ Cronley too. Yeah, but he's CJ Cron is someone that I actually wrote, ri- I actually had written down um, to talk about. So I'm, I'm glad you, you mentioned CJ Cron because I'm, I'm with you on, <laughs> on CJ Cron. That's going to be an interesting situation. Well, you wrote down stuff. You want to talk about it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, uh, uh, all right. <laughs> we're going to go right I mean, into so, it. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we can get right into it. Yeah, so CJ Cron, it looks like he just underperformed in, in a lot of, yeah, you know, a lot of ways. He had a 253 batting average. He did hit 25 home runs, but um, a, a 277 X uh, batting average. And 
even that X slugging, when, when I'm looking at the StatCast leaderboards, he's one of the ones that are high up there in the difference, the difference in the actual stats and the expected stats. His Woba, X Woba is pretty uh, significant too. He, right. So he underperformed, uh, you know, on top of that, that 15% barrel rate, yeah, top 5% five, in the league. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what's funny is he lowered his launch angle. Because he probably didn't realize he probably realized he didn't need all that, and it raised right. his exit velocity and his barrel percentage. My issue, from the year prior. Mm-hmm. My issue is I actually wanted to rank him. Like I would actually move him if you tell me right now he's starting. He becomes like twentieth, nineteenth overall at first base. He takes a huge jump in my rankings. That's the thing. Yeah, he's right now. Yeah. He's not projected to start right now. They have Marwin Gonzalez starting at first base over him. And then what do they do with uh, Alex Kirillov? Or, you know, they have some prospects that they're trying out at first base as well that could potentially come up and take some playing time. That is, that's very true. I didn't even honestly can, I didn't even think about that. Or Cano, or Cano. Sano. Sano. Sano yeah. can move. Well, I was trying to say Sano can move over. He can, Sano yeah. can move over, which opens up third base. But they're talking, like, the Twins are talking about possibly, uh, you know, getting into, getting into, getting, they talk about getting themselves a third baseman type of thing. So. Someone's door is open. What is that happening? <laughs> yeah, no, that's my door. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to be finishing up here soon. So, right. yeah, if, if uh, Sano um, moves over, that's going to cause a whole other issue. And Crone is getting squeezed for playing time. But, man, if he gets a spot or maybe he gets traded or dropped, realistically, because they have so much with their minor leaguers. and They, what do. they do. He doesn't really fit their team needs at, right at this moment. So I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna. I, he's somebody like in 15 teamers late. He's somebody I'm gonna draft and hope that he finds playing time because I'm with you. I saw the. I was. I looked into him and I was like, wow. I initially had him like 20th, but then I realized he's not projected to start, and I'm not seeing any playing time up path of playing time right now. Right. Yeah. I think I actually have him down. Uh, yeah. Right now I'm I have 26. Him, I have him I'm 24. Yeah. yeah. Okay. See, 24, 25, 26. Um. There's not really uh, what you guys. What do you guys think about Michael Chavis? Real quick, no real deep, like nothing crazy. We're running long time, so meh, meh, yeah, right, like yeah, yeah. I'm not too sure. You have him close to thirtieth overall over there. I have him. Uh, Mike does. I have him. I can't do math. Twenty second, and I think you're like right there with me. Right. 20th, yeah. Twenty first. Yeah, it is what it is. Multi-positional eligibility helps them a little bit, but not really all that exciting. Um, is that going to do it? I mean, there's not really much. People, I had somebody ask me about Joey Votto. Meh, he's just a name. At this point, yeah. I think his name just carries more value than, than he does at this point. I mean, we covered first base a lot, and we discussed – we really covered a, probably a strong top 20, and we kind of just picked some names out of the bottom. Jock Peterson, a guy I really like. Mm-hmm. Strong platoon, strong yeah. type of platoon, but he's only for daily leagues because of that, because there are weeks where he sits three games in a week because they're all lefties. But yeah, but strong, he's going to lead off against righties. And exactly. He's gonna, at, the end of the, right, at the end of the season, he's going to accumulate you know, a, a 250 batting average and 35 home runs. Home runs so. yep. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I th- I think he's great for daily leagues and power, for sure, 100%. And if you catch him on a week where five out of six starters are righties, even better. That's yeah. when you're – but, yeah, so I th- we're all on the same page with him. Renato Nunez, I went back and forth on. He's another guy who's just kind of solid late. Uh, mm. Has a great, great home park. No real threat to playing time, I would think, because that team is terrible. No. No. So, 
I don't think um, Mark Canna. I'm wondering what happens with him. He kind of found his swing too last year. Talk about late career breakouts, similar to a Crone, except for I think Canna has to be put above Crone because of playing time. I think Canna's gonna. I think Canna has a spot right now. Yeah, they haven't projected starting center fielder. So, I mean, that could change, sure, but. Oh, I'm just trying to think of a. I'm trying to make sure we throw a last f- few more names out there before we get out of here. But I think it's going to do it. Yeah, the um, Rockies situation is going to be interesting. Ugh. What they do? I mean, sure. Daniel Murphy, Brian McMahon, McMahon, yeah, McMahon's yeah. projected starter. But you have let's see this. This affects second base as well. That's why we have, it does. We have you have Daniel Murphy, you have Ryan McMahon, you have Ian Desmond, you have Garrett Hampson. Oh, and you have Sam Hilliard. Sam Hilliard. Why, yeah. why is Sam Hilliard a thing? Because Sam Hilliard, Sam Hilliard plays center field. So does Ian Desmond. So does Hampson. Yeah. He also plays second base. So does McMahon. McMahon plays first base. So does Desmond. So does Murphy. You see the problem with this, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I said that. I'm surprised I said that so smoothly, but I couldn't get Olsen and Alonzo right tonight. That was impressive. <laughs> I'm very, very shocked that worked out. <laughs> at, um, this, at this this juncture in our, in our episode here, yeah. Good 100%. job. <laughs> that is perfect way to end it. And you know what, guys? I don't know if you guys have anything to add. Otherwise, I'm ready to just roll. Yeah, no, I think that was good. Yeah. All right. So, as always, guys, feel free to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Mike underscore Curland. You can follow George at jmontanez90. You can follow Mike at spstreamer. You can follow the podcast page on Instagram. I think we do stuff there still. And on <laughs> and on Twitter <laughs> at Bases Loaded Pod. We're going to step up the Instagram stuff. We've just been really busy with the holidays and stuff. Leave us a rating and review, guys. We greatly appreciate it. And as always, guys, we do appreciate all the support. We're seeing you guys constantly on Twitter. We love it. Keep your questions coming. We, it's really, it's been great. So, again, guys, yeah. thank you for everything, and we will talk to you soon.